Welcome to the Wednesday show. It's hump day. Adam Azer, Scott White, and Chris Towers pumping around. Bobby Brown style here. Right? Mm, I don't know that I like this <laughs> intro. <laughs> no, come on. It's stay. Chris, stay or go. I don't understand the reference. Ain't nobody humping around. You never heard that song? Bobby no. Brown. Right, well. I feel like the context is very different. It is completely different. Absolutely. Uh, well, <laughs> welcome to the Wednesday show. We're, we'll grade some trades. Later on in the show, including some Mike Trout trades. Actually, let's grade a Mike Trout trade right now. Oh, I'm feeling crazy today. This is from Anthony. Give up Carlos Gonzalez and Jose Barrios. Get Mike Trout. I think that's a win for the guy getting Gonzalez and Barrios. Hmm. I kind of felt the opposite. I think, like, it's a win for the guy getting Trout. But it, it does depend largely on circumstance. Like, if the guy uh, giving up Gonzalez and Barrios is... Seven and one, or six and two. Yeah, he can afford to take his lumps while Trout's out, and in the hopes that uh, then he clearly has the best team when Trout returns. So Chris would not give up Carlos Gonzalez and Barrios for Trout. What would you give up for Mike Trout? This is the same thing as the Noah Syndergaard and and Madison Bumgarner thing, where you're you're not just trading for a guy who's definitely going to come back and be himself. Like you hope so. But if he has surgery on his thumb, like that's a, that's the type of injury that can really derail a season. And that's, that's my concern with Mike Trout. I'm not necessarily saying he's definitely going to struggle when he comes back, but it's absolutely in the cards. I give him like a 90% chance. I mean, it's not a shoulder. Really, the shoulder is the only thing that It's would, the that thing would with me. which you grip the bat, though, you know? Like that's, we see yeah. a lot of guys I, I don't... struggle coming back from, and, and, and that's the, that's the stability thumb, right? A, That's the thumb that you're holding on to at the end of your swing. That's your follow through. Thumb. I, I don't feel like we see it a lot with thumb injuries, though. And and we don't like Mike Trout's basically slump proof, right? How there there was that one August three years ago where he hit like 200, <laughs> and he was injured when he did it. He was, but he won't be injured there. And theoretically, when he comes back from that, I I actually think. I'm much more willing to pay for Trout in this situation. Again, if I was already had a nice lead built up, mm-hmm. um, then I would Cindergard a because I feel like it's a more predictable return, and b because it's Mike Trout. Let's have some more fun. Let's grade another Mike Trout trade while we're at it. This one is from Gmail. That's all it said was Gmail. Okay. Uh, maybe it was pronounced Gmail. Maybe it's a person. Gmail. <laughs> Gmail. Four Gmail weeks. Fourteen team head to head categories league. Send. Scott Shebler, Matt Kemp, Michael Pineda, get Mike Trout. Shebler, Kemp, and Pineda get Trout. 14 teams. That's gonna be really hard. Like, you're, you're kinda screwing your team over for two months. It's a lot. Like, you're giving up three must start players in a 14 team league. You could was, be giving up Kemp, who, who else? Shebler and Pineda. You could be giving up three sell high candidates. I actually I wanted mean, to talk about Kemp because sure. he, you know, he had a good game yesterday, but I don't know if we ever talked about the impact but there's that no, Freeman's loss could but have. But there's on no Kemp. question you're starting Matt Kemp. Yeah. And especially in a 14 team league. But, I don't think there's any question you're starting Scott Shebler in a 14 team league. I, I think Kemp was the only one you actually drafted as a charter. Shebler you basically got for free. He's, he's bonus. <laughs> oh yeah, you heard that, right? We're gonna let the do we have to enjoy that. I don't think what, so. What did I do? What did I mean to say? Uh, starter for Matt Kemp, and you said you said something else that was just incredible. <laughs> have you ever it? seen the movie Along Came Polly? I have no. I don't know. I have no idea what I said. <clears> I'm but. glad I wasn't the only one who caught that. Um, <laughs> but thank you for that. Sure. So, do you think you'd do this, Shebler, Kemp, and Pineda? For Trout? Shebler, Kemp, and Pineda for Trout in a 14-team league. That's a lot. A I mean, I don't know what the roster looks like. If Shebler was just a spare part for me, which is highly plausible. Yeah. Um, in a 10-team league, I it, think I'd do his... Do it, it. Sure, it because then circumstances. there's it's, a chance Pineda's not a, a starting caliber player in a 10-team league. Shebler might not be either. But in a 14-team league, right. and you said it was Roto, right? C- categories, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like... That you're looking at, you need nine pitchers, you need five outfielders, you need a utility. Mm-hmm. That's potentially two months. I, I think the bottom line is, like, Trout still holds value. He could be back right after the All-Star break. It might not be until start of August, but, you know, particularly if it's a league where playoffs don't begin particularly early for you. Um, like, he still has a, he'll still have time to make a monster contribution. Now they said, 
six to eight weeks. I probably should have at least considered the six part of it more. I've always been, you know, two months, always since yesterday, two months, two months, eight weeks. Could be six weeks. I mean, I'll take the over, but it's possible. All right. We got a lot to talk about from yesterday. Jose Quintana with another dud. Trevor Bauer, uh, making, making Masahiro Tanaka, well, putting his start in perspective, because Tanaka had 13 strikeouts against the A's on Friday. Bauer goes 14 against the A's yesterday. Uh, Denelson Lamette, Eric Skogland, talk about those guys, but really a lot of hitters today. Brett Gardner went double dong, so did Matt Holiday. I think, uh, Zach Kozart did. We had one other player do it. Uh, but let's start with this. Is the following a must add player? Eric Young Jr.? No. <laughs> what if I need steals? No. He stole two in, in one how, game. How, how available is Cameron Maben? Yeah, exactly. Uh, must n- add. Not super available. He was 45% owned yesterday. Well, that's, for a steals, okay, for a guy that you're picking up only for steals, I wouldn't expect him to be more than 45% owned. Yeah. Because of all the head-to-head points leagues we have on CBS? So the, to answer the question, he's definitely not a must-add player. But if you absolutely Correct. need steals, he's a can-add player. I don't think there's any guarantee that he plays every day mm-hmm. over Ben Revere. I'd still rather have DeShields than him. And DeShields is probably like 20% owned, right? Shields hasn't been doing much. Yeah. I don't expect Eric Young's going to do much. All right. Eric Young did lead off yesterday and Cameron Maben was out for the Angels. I am not going to spend that much more time talking about Young, but he and Ben Revere. <laughs> Just at the start of the show. Yeah. Well, uh, we did some trout trades. Okay. No? All, right. All right. Here's a tweet. Tweet of the day is from Buster Olney of ESPN and he is in his tweet, uh, citing Elias, the Elias Sports Bureau. If there are 47 home runs today, then May, the month of May, will set a record for the most home runs in any calendar month in baseball history. First of all, do you think there will be 47 home runs today? It's three three per game. That's a little higher than the than the league average. I think teams are teams are averaging 62 home runs in 51 games. So you'd need everyone to play over their heads just a little bit. I want to know how many games we've got in Miller Park and and Minute Maid and none. I mean, when it's are we playing an AT and T tonight? There, no cores. Mm, They're in no, Seattle. I don't know get there. Yeah, I think I think the Brewers are on the road. I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure. All right, but th- but look, we spent a lot of time this off season talking about was last year legit? How do we approach it? All those home runs. Looks like it's <laughs> looks like it's the same thing. And I saw a stat yesterday that we're on pace to uh, for this season to have the most plate appearances finish in. Strikeouts or walks, which we set a record last year. It's becoming a three true outcomes yep. league. And yep. I think, I think they said it's been a record like four years in a row or something. I think that was on the ESPN broadcast last night. But yeah. even if it's not, we know what the trend is. Strikeouts, the, walks, homers. Yeah, the three, the three true outcomes nature, something I wrote about a while back, how that's, and that's kind of w- why I think pitching has evolved the way it has where you get this chasm between the pitchers who are able to throw strikes and miss bats and not give up home runs versus the ones who suffer in one of those areas, if not multiple, and how it creates like some of the most dominant pitchers we've ever seen and yet the majority of the of pitching around baseball is very vulnerable. And this is also I would say this is a trend that is being exacerbated by the trend towards more shifts. And Joey Votto actually talked about this in a Fangraphs piece yesterday where he says he's part of the fly ball revolution because of how much he's getting shifted. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to hit the ball on the ground to the right side ever. You know, the first person I heard talk about that was was actually Mark Teixeira, that one bounce back year he had before mm-hmm. uh, it all fell apart and he retired. Uh, two years ago, I guess it was that recently. He, yeah, he talked about, you know, you, you, his stat line that year was like as many home runs as singles or something, and it seemed completely unsustainable. And he was just like, "Look, the way they're they're shifting yeah, on us, you have just, to hit it over the shift. Yeah. That's yeah. the way to do it." It's a different game. I I look forward to an adjustment. And as it's, defenses, fans don't really like it as much. As defenses become more efficient, though, you're going to have. Offensive players need a way to to overcome that. I'm starting to come close to the point where I wouldn't hate a rule saying you can only have 
X amount of infielders. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I've been no. campaigning the for that. Crap out of me. That's, that's a bad rule. I love it. I mean, there's no analog in baseball for that rule. It, I don't. I mean, look. Sometimes you have to make bad rules or look like <laughs> bad rules for the sake of bettering the game. It just seems like, like such. It, how about how about you call the high strike? Like, what like why, it, do, why, like why that, would that change the shift? Like because you're you're still you're giving too much value to hitters, especially on those low pitches where hitters are able to hit those out of the park. Our our perception of what a bad pitch is needs to be changing because you see I actually there was something I, I, I retweeted something yesterday uh that shows that basically success is all middle and low now. And part of that is hitters know that the high strike's not going to be called so they just pass on it. And also more hitters are finding it easier to hit for power on pitches low in the zone now. Mm-hmm. That's part of the whole uppercut swing. And so if you start calling that high strike, you're going to take a little bit away from the hitters and force them to adjust, maybe take away some of that power. I Interesting. Mean, certain pitchers, look at Robbie Ray yesterday. They're uh, they're taking advantage of how, um, and I guess the most famous example is Marco Estrada. They're taking advantage of how pitchers have been hitters have been conditioned to hit that low strike, and they're you know throwing these quote unquote rising fastballs. That uh, hitters are just flailing at. Because the Dodgers, Rays, and Red Sox are all making that a an organizational philosophy as well of throwing interesting more high fastballs and getting away from sinkers. Robbie, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray. I mean, he threw like a ninety-five mile per hour fastball to end the game last night, and he was he got so many swings and misses on the fastball. And I just I watched on MLB.com. They have like whenever somebody has a big strikeout game, they have. In Robbie, in Robbie's Ray's case, it was 10 strikeouts in 10 seconds. And you just, one right after another, they were swinging through a high fastball. Yeah. Yeah. And, a lot uh, of fastballs. He basically, yeah, he threw 76 of his 115 pitches for slider, or for fast fastballs. Alright, so let's get into the action. And we'll, that'll be on the legitimeter. We're putting Brett Gardner, Zach Kozar, actually three shortstops on the legitimeter, Cody Bellinger, uh, in case you haven't noticed, he's been a little cold lately. Uh, Yonder Alonso's been great. Robbie Ray, Luis Severino. So Legitometer coming up later. Uh, let's talk about Jose Quintana. And 10, uh, 10 hits, 7 runs, and 2 and 2 thirds against the Red Sox. This followed a uh, 4 and a third, 8 run outing at Arizona. Now, Quintana's only walked one batter over three starts, which was only 15 innings, but that's, that's encouraging. Rick Renteria says the velocity is the same. It's not the stuff. It's the location for Jose Quintana. Do you guys feel that going forward, Jose Quintana will be a mid three ZRA guy and, and, you know, Jose Quintana? So buy low, in other words? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. And, Right, there's not a lot of underlying factors that suggest regression has happened here. So I, I mostly buy the explanation the White Sox are giving, even though, you know, it's probably dumbed down a little for the masses. Um, I think the bipolar, uh, the, the way his, Quintana's seasons unfolded in this bipolar way where, a, you know, several starts, he looks like the Quintana we all know and love, and and then there are these seven earn run outings mixed in. I think that's even more reason to believe the true Quintana is still there. We just need to see it. He's just not pitching well right now. Right. Yeah. All right, let me give you three names of pitchers who are, you know, anywhere from very available to somewhat available. Trevor Bauer, seven innings, three runs, 14 strikeouts, and 19 walks, 73 strikeouts this year for Bauer. In 57, 57, really? 73 strikeouts in 57 innings? Is that a <laughs> well, typo? Well, star helped a lot. <laughs> I know, but... Uh, and geez. the, what, 1.4 whip also helps in that regard? And three quality starts, th- that's it, all season I, long. I, I had not given Bauer... In fact, I, I thought maybe he should be the one to uh, be removed for Clevenger before uh, Salazar got his temporary removal. But now I think Bauer's pretty safe. And in the rotation. In that role. Yeah. But not as a fantasy option. Right. Necessarily. But I don't know. I don't know what to make of this start. I, I, I can understand just picking him up in, uh, let's see where it goes kind of way, especially since pitching is, is such a need. Uh, but he did, he did some interesting things in this start. Like all three of the runs were in his first four innings. And then from that point forward, it's like he got angry because his average fastball velocity went up two miles per hour mm. and he threw, 
like uh, twice as many. He, he threw his curveball like twice as often in this start as he normally does. Got a lot of swings and misses on it. He basically went Lance McCullers on the uh, athletics. And it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But I think it's the, not like Bowers never faked us out before. Yeah, right? I think the key point there is on the athletics. Yeah, they strike out a lot. And they, they're not, they don't have a great lineup for sure. So the three pitchers I was going to give you were Bauer, 64% owned. Denelson Lamette with a nice start against Ooh, the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, he's 42% owned. And Eric Skogland, major league debut against the Tigers. He goes six and a third, two hits, no runs, one walk, five strikeouts. Eric Skogland, 7% owned for the Royals. And after the game, Miguel Cabrera said, you know, he's so tall that he throws you know, 90 miles per hour looks like 93. I don't remember the exact quote. Did you but, see the, uh, his height, the yeah. nice moment between Cabrera and Skogland? No. Cabrera steps in the batter's box for his first pitch. He kind of smiles at him and gives him a thumbs up. Really? Yeah. He did that earlier in the year. I saw they gave like a hat tip to somebody who made it through a great pitch at him. He just, he's just loving life. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> this late career gregarious yeah. Miguel Cabrera. Um, all right, so rank them. Bauer, Lamette, Skogland. In terms of how eager I am to roster them, I would go Lamette first, Bauer second, mm-hmm. and Skoglund probably a distant third. Just because, I mean, in the minors, the strikeout rate was only so-so. The home run rate was not so great. Um, nice debut, but I need to see a lot more from Skoglund. Lamette, though, kind of reminded me of Michael Fulmer uh, last year. He came up as with with the reputation as a two-pitch pitcher. But then unfurls this changeup that puts him over the top. And it doesn't have to be like an amazing changeup. We see this a lot, a lot with younger pitchers where just, if you have that third pitch just to keep, keep hitters guessing, get you through the third or the third time through the order, which we haven't necessarily seen from Lamette yet, but you know, the stuff is impressive. He got 17 swinging strikes again yesterday. Doesn't Eric Skoglin, like, don't you feel like he should pitching, be pitching for the Twins? Or the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, would you guys rather have Denelson Lamette or Brad Peacock? Chris. Lamette. Lamette. Scott? I agree. Lamette. Lamette or anybody on the Rockies, including John Gray. <laughs> I'd rather have John Gray. Uh-huh. Yeah. How about Tyler Anderson? How about our Oh, Tyler Anderson was a big letdown yesterday, wasn't he? It was at Colorado, but he's, you know, kind of the appeal for him was he's supposedly, supposedly better at Colorado. There's still some interesting underlying numbers there for Anderson, the, the combination of whiff rate and weak contact, but the lack of consistency is, yeah, he's behind Lamette for me. Joe Ross or Lamette? Joe Ross. Um, hmm. I, yeah, I guess Ross for now, but that, that weird mid-game velocity issue for Ross is making it a close call. Mike Fultonevich or Skog- Skogland? Like, would you drop somebody that you just sort of know who he is? Like, yeah, I'm looking at the most drop yeah, list. Sure. Patrick yeah. Corbin, Mike Fultonevich. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to get behind that. You're not going to miss guys like that. Right, right. And you may not even keep Skogland, but, Let's like how how owned is Chris Chris Tillman? He's fifty four percent owned. That's another guy that I would be fine. Like, there's a lot of guys that are just guys. Yeah, you know exactly. Okay, um, so who? Any other uh, big time standouts for you? Or we can go to let's go to the big news and then we'll get to the legitometer. Actually, okay, here we go. The big news: Bryce Harper suspended four games. Did I say? I think I said over three yesterday, but yeah. I, th- I thought it'd be more like five. I'm telling you, it would have been probably twenty or so <laughs> if he hit him with the helmet. Uh, Hunter, not 20. Hunter Strickland, six game suspension. Both are appealing, uh, these suspensions. James Paxton will start today against Colorado. I've been getting a lot of questions. Start or sit at home. James Paxton against the Rockies. I think you start him. I know, I know we're usually a little iffy, uh, about pitchers coming off the DL, but I think you start him. Nelson Cruz left with calf tightness, but he is expected to play today. Tomorrow, so today I want to look at good players and look at the legitometer. Tomorrow, usually it's worryometer Wednesday, but Memorial Day threw everything off. It'll be, uh. Yeah, today's Wednesday. Yeah, worryometer Thursday, but there's gotta be a better, like a TH word for Thursday. Anyway, uh, Manny Machado, yeah, nice. 0 for 5 with 4 strikeouts yesterday. 0 for 13 with 8 Ks in his last 3 games, so we'll talk Machado tomorrow. Adam, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Would you rather drop Delino DeShields or Jason Worth? In our categories league? Yeah. OBP? Yeah. 
Oh gosh, I guess the shields. Do we ever win steals? We have some steals. Yeah, we have some steals with Polanco and Desmond. Yeah. Jeff Samarja gave Michael Morse a concussion. Yes, we're, we're picking up Scogland. Okay, yeah. cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. He he says an underhanded Heath isn't here to stop us. <laughs> uh, so Dustin Pedroia is on the DL with a wrist injury. He might only miss ten days. There are no structural. There's no structural damage. We'll see. Vince Velasquez has a right elbow flexor strain, and Velasquez is on the DL. Yep. We'll see about that. Was, that was his velocity fell a lot in the middle of that start, I believe. And we've got uh, Cameron Maven was out with pain in his side. Tyson Ross could be ready next week. Anybody buy this? Giancarlo Stanton, 12 for 29 with three homers as the number two hitter in the order. Anybody buy that batting second would be better for for uh, Giancarlo? I mean, there's the theory now that batting second is is where you – second is where you put your best hitter. So I don't, I don't know that it helps Stanton necessarily, um, but – it, I understand why the Marlins are doing it. And by the way, Stan's having a pretty awesome year, like a 45 homer, 120 RBI he's pace. Cut his strikeout rate and his walk rate, so he's being more aggressive, which is a trend that we've seen over the last couple of years. But now he's doing the sort of Joey Votto thing, where he's swinging more at pitches inside of the zone, swinging a little less at pitches outside of the zone. That's drunk, Carlos Stanton. The Phillies have discussed sending Michael Franco to the minors, according to Jim Salisbury of CSN Philly. I own Franco in three of five leagues. Am I crazy for still owning him? He's there. There's this like weird sub tier of third baseman that we all really liked to varying degrees coming into the season who have all just been kind of trash. <laughs> Bregman, Franco, I guess Beltre, but he's been hurt. Uh, Longoria, Longoria, Frazier. That just like, I don't know how low to move them in my rankings. I've got Franco 17th, but that's just more like, I hope. Who's the most droppable in that group? Frazier is the one that stood out when you said when you said I, the names. I, We're talking Bregman. I'd be more likely to drop Frazier. I mean, yeah, Franco. Uh, Franco than Frazier because of track record. I mean, I'd be more like Franco's to had a good half season. Start. Yeah, it's true. And I well, guess why I'm not Bregman thinking, then? I guess I'm just thinking about like because Franco for me, he's not even a third baseman. He's just a utility, right? You know, he, he's a bench player. Mm-hmm. But I don't need him to play third necessarily. So uh, these are guys that have a lot of upside. Why not Bregman versus Franco? Like you I, say, Franco's yeah. only had a half good season. I Bregman's mean, had a half of a half of a good season. Right. Home but there's been a lot of games for Bregman. Yeah, it's by a, the way. it's a weird. It, it's Franco's in like that perfect place where he's had long enough. We, he's disappointed us long enough that we feel like we should know better when he disappoints us again. But. There's also been that short period of time. Like, it's almost like it's been too long for Franco for me to keep buying into him. Well, Bregman, it's been just a couple months this season. It could just be a slow start. Okay, why don't you rank these four players, just rest of season. Justin Bohr. Okay. Yonder Alonso, Alex Bregman, Justin Smoke. I'm still going to take Bregman one, but then I'll go Alonzo, Bohr, Smoke. Man, I can't believe I'm putting Bohr third in that group. Alonzo's like, been so good. Yeah. He's slugging like six-something. Yeah. Yeah. He does occasion. He still might sit against lefties, but which is why I'm surprised you uh, went with him. But they're all lefties, the, all three first um, basemen. I don't – Smoke's At least a switch before hitter. the injury, he had stopped sitting against lefties Alonzo had. Let me, let me double-check that. It was a little inconclusive. Yeah. It was right, pretty so recent. Would you put Bregman ahead of all three of those first basemen, Chris? That's a tough one just because, like, the the argument for it is that it's harder to find a third baseman, but none of these guys are starting at their primary position for you anyway, most likely. You're, they're either utility or corner infielder anyway. So at that point, you're just comparing all of them. And, yeah, I think I'd rather have – I guess I'll go Alonzo, Bohr, Bregman, Smoke. Alonzo, Bohr, Bregman, Smoke. Heath's not here, so it doesn't feel quite as good, but I did write about Justin Smoke yesterday. I actually think it's really interesting. You should go read it. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, and a couple more notes real quick here. The uh, the Giants called up Orlando Calixte, who has a pretty good Game of Thrones uh, team name, last name. Yeah. Uh, tri- at AAA, he batted 838, 838 OPS. <laughs> Didn't hit 838. 838 OPS with 11 steals. That was in the PCL. Um, so Kalik's they led off for the Giants and played all three outfield positions yesterday, but he's shortstop eligible. 
So, who's interested in Orlando Calixte? This isn't the first time we've seen him in the majors, for what it's worth. He got uh, three at-bats for the Royals in 2015. Oh, I remember them well. <laughs> no, and that's kind of the point. Like, he's he's a non-prospect okay. who's uh, with his second organization now and yeah, just I, feels like a journeyman to yeah. me. Okay. A little bit of speed there, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so that's Orlando Calique's day. We're not so interested. Finally, Robert Gazelman could end up closing. I told you he was a sleeper. For the Mets. <laughs> for the Mets. See, the weird thing about that Probably is he's been god-awful in the first inning. Mm. They so, like his sinker. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I don't see I, any reason to take Addison Reed out of that role. But. Uh, has, Addison Reed hasn't been good. Uh, he's turning around. A couple good ones in yeah. a row. But he hasn't been good this season. I, Gaselman could play up in smaller role, but nothing we've seen so far really should make you very confident in that. Well, if you want to go to a Mets game or you want to watch Eric Skoglin pitch for the Vikings even and go to a baseball-slash-football game, you should use SeatGeek. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. I think we all have the SeatGeek app on our phones. I use it every single time I need tickets. With just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. We're talking sports. We're talking comedy, theater, concerts. Anything you want to go see, use SeatGeek because it saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites. We also have a promo code for you, FANTASY. When you use the SeatGeek app, use the promo code FANTASY. You will get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And this is a great part about SeatGeek as well. Every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. So you get out your phone, you open the app, you look for an event. SeatGeek searches multiple sites, finds the best deals, and lets you know very easily by grading all the seats. This is the best bang for your buck. This is the ticket you want to buy. Get to the game. Get to the concert. Use SeatGeek. And again, download the app and enter the promo code FANTASY. That's promo code FANTASY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's an outstanding offer. Download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FANTASY. All right, time for the Legitometer. Zero to ten, how legit are these guys? We can also frame this in a buy low, buy high sort of way. Brett Gardner, 80% owned. Two homers yesterday. He is the number 16 outfielder in points leagues. Number 14 in roto. Um, Gardner struggled, slumped earlier in the year, but really you could sort of attribute it to a collision he had at first base. He, he was bad after that and it's been pretty hot since. I don't think he's stolen a base since. He's not stealing. <laughs> he's still got five steals, but I, 11 home runs. I was going to say earlier, you know why it's, you, you know it's a record setting month for home runs in MLB when Brett Gardner's hit nine. Yeah. For he's, May. he's one of these guys and there, we saw, so, uh, I guess a lot of these last year. Because I just remember doing the research and how many times I wrote in my notes preseason, a lot more fly balls and the home run to fly ball ratio was way up. Yeah, I don't can't remember off the top of my head who it was, like who, but there were so many of them. And Brett Gardner right now, which fits is that description, not necessarily something you would expect. You would actually, just from a, a math perspective, you would expect the more fly balls you hit, the more the number will normalize, um, move towards the mean, and so. I would expect he'll probably go back to about 11 home runs per fly, 11% home run to fly ball rate, which is half of what he's been, uh, this season. But I guess Yankee Stadium can boost that a little bit. He is hitting the ball a little harder, but he's hot. It doesn't I'd, feel legit to me. I'd be fine just enjoying it. Like it, it's, it's worth trying to sell high. It's going to be very difficult to do in the outfield. Maybe you target the Mike Trout owner or something. All right. Listen. You, you're the Mike Trout owner. I po- am. Podcast Points League people, you want Brett Gardner? Come and see me. <laughs> so, uh, legitimate or what, like a five? He's, he's not bad, but no, he's not, not Yeah, but like I would, he's hit nine in May. I would expect him to hit nine the rest of the season. Okay. Which would probably, I'm pretty sure that would be a career high for him. He, yes, 17 is his career high, uh, home runs, and he's got 11 right now. So, Zach Cozart. Is next on the legitometer. Then it'll be Elvis Andrews. Then it'll be Chris Owings. That's so weird. Cozart is 88% owned. He's the number two shortstop in both points in Roto. He is batting 350 with seven home runs, two steals and two attempts, a great mm. walk to strikeout ratio, 26 walks, 32 Ks, 13 doubles, four triples. Um, and I looked at the batted ball profile. It looks very similar to last year, but the Babbitt is at 394. Yeah. So Zach Cozart, legitometer, zero to ten. I'll go like if we went five on Gardner, I'll go I'll go six on Cozart. I I still think like it I mean just from the Babbitt, it's clear he's performing 
well over his head. That doesn't mean he can't flirt with a 300 batting average. Um, you know, doesn't, it, it kind of goes without saying he's not going to hit 350. But I like the strikeout to walk ratio. I like that there's a little bit of power there. There is and some pop there. Mainly I like yeah. that he's a shortstop. I think that makes him very difficult to even try to sell high on because like, what are you going to do a shortstop after you trade him? I think he's a very low end starting shortstop, but, uh, like I, I would still expect him to hit around 250, 260. Are you taking Addison Russell or Cozart rest with of his, season? with as little as he strikes out? You think it'll be that low? Uh, yeah, he's, there's no real reason to think that he's changed this dramatically and he's always been a really low BABIP guy. And so like 282 for his career, he's at 294 now. So I would expect even when that normalizes, he didn't strike out much last year. He had the same strikeout rate and he had a 252 average. So yeah, but there was, it was a really bad BABIP last year. Like if we're, it was if his we're just, highest in three years. Okay. Like he's a low Babbitt hitter. Zach Cozart. Zach Cozart we're talking about. Uh, Cozart or Russell? I would still take Addison Russell. Me too. It's, it's But close. I think they're I've, pretty I'm, close in my rankings at this point. Yeah, like uh, when I was going through shortstop yesterday, I was really torn on where to, to rank Cozart and I could be talked into moving him ahead of Russell probably. Elvis Andrews is the number three shortstop in points leagues, number one in Roto. He has 12 steals. Uh, he had stolen 24, 25, and 27 bases in each of his last three years, over his last three years. So he's going to blow that away at this pace. He's on like a 36-steal pace. Uh, seven home runs. His career high is eight hit last year. And 13 walks, 34 strikeouts. That probably looks fairly normal for him. <laughs> um, so Elvis Andrews, it's just he's killing it right now. Uh, Legitometer mm. on Andrews, 0 to 10. Chris, yeah the the change started happening last season. Come on, hit me with a extent. number. Hit me with a number. Five. Thank you. And the yes, he number. did have a great. Didn't he have a big second half last year? Andrews? Yeah, I think he started hitting for power in the second half last year. And that's a game changer. If if he's, you know, going to have a profile similar to to what we saw from like Jose Ramirez or even Francisco Lindor last year. That that's what would make him a legitimate stud, and not the de, de facto stud he was for most of his career, because shortstop's so terrible. Like, well, what do you think? You think it's is, legit? It's Velvet it's Andrew, kind of Velvet the same Andrews? thing I'm saying with Kozar. Like, I almost don't even care. <laughs> I'm just willing to start him at shortstop and enjoy it for as long as it lasts. I really hate to, to cop out, but aren't there some things where it's just like I'm going to ask you guys what you think and. Who the who knows? Well, that's that's right. most of it. It's yeah. like so some <laughs> things we have a pretty good idea about. We're, but we're taking educated guesses on most of this stuff. There's a lot more uncertainty involved in what we're doing than the way we talk about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, typically, but this is a guy who's never hit more than eight home runs, Elvis Andrews, in a season. He has seven right now. Yeah, but you think about how far we've come in terms of player evaluation, uh, you know, and and the transformation. Uh, for, by, by way of advanced stats of that process. I mean, we've been podcasting seven years or so, Adam. Seven or and eight, like yeah. the discussions we have about these players, just how dramatically they've yeah. changed during that time. Well, I, for me, it's like every year I add a new website. Like one year was baseball reference. Then it was Brooks baseball. This year I've been on fan graphs a little bit more. So, yeah. Uh, well, and, and things like fly ball rate, even Babip, even Babip was yeah. completely foreign when we first started. So, we have a lot more information. And the and a whole lot, world, we sound a lot smarter when we talk about it. I don't know that baseball, we're any more accurate. The whole baseball <laughs> world's understanding of all of these things has changed too. Like, you know, BABIP used to be something that we were just like, it's just luck. And now we're like, no. Certain players are just going to be high BABIP guys. Certain players are going to be low BABIP guys. With and- Elvis Anderson, it is worth noting, Scott, you've talked about this a lot this season. Stealing bases is, you know, what, 75% intent? Okay. He is on pace for about 15 more stolen base attempts than he had last season in the same number of opportunities. Okay. Hmm. He had 219 stolen base opportunities last season, attempted 32. At his current pace, if he had 219 stolen base opportunities, he would steal, he would attempt 46 steals. I'm looking at your rankings. Would you, would you, are you going to move Elvis Andrews ahead of Jonathan VR? No. I, 
That was another one. I like I really had trouble with that about eight through fourteen range at shortstop where you have like the Owings and all the bad players and Andrews and, and VR. Like players who some of them have performed really well for one third of a season mm-hmm. and some of them performed really well last year and haven't performed so well for one third of a season, like like Aledmus Diaz being another. And uh just when are you willing to to make that leap and put the the Johnny come lately. Aledmus Diaz is a good example of why even a full season may not be enough to tell us about a player's skill set. So are you pulling the plug on Aledmus Diaz? No, I still have him, I think, a little bit ahead of these guys. Um, but I'm certainly less confident. But Elvis Andrews was a top 10 shortstop last year, too. Right. So, I mean. De facto. Like, you gotta put it, I, I feel like <laughs> he should be ahead of Tulowitzki, Chris, and he's not. Uh. At least in points, he's not. In Roto, he is. Alright. Alright, last shortstop here, Chris Owings. Uh, number seven in points, number three in Roto right now, Chris Owings, batting 315 with six home runs, nine steals in 11 attempts. He has had a big May with a 322 batting average, but a 397 Babbitt. This one feels the least sustainable to me. Would you guys agree between Cozart, Andrews, and Owings that Owings is the least sustainable? He was on our radar the earliest of these three, which I, the rest, the other two have been kind of slow burners. Except Cozart was like the best hitter in baseball for the first three weeks of the season or something crazy. Right, yeah. but it seemed like all batting average. Uh, but now lately it seems like Owings has been all batting average, right? What, how many home runs does he have? He has, in May, in May he's bat, batted 322 with two home runs and yeah. somehow only eight runs scored. Uh, I, I'll give him a four. I, I, re- I know I have him ranked ahead of Cozart. I probably need to change it. Yeah, right. three. I, I've had, a lot of trouble with him in general. Just like I'm not sure whether I should buy into him when you guys have. Okay, that's Chris Owings. So not quite as legit as the other two. I'll tell you what is legit though. Fantasy baseball is legit. It's awesome. And so is Draft. Play Fantasy on Draft, a simple daily fantasy app where you can do snake drafts just like the uh, just like the ones you do at the beginning of the season all year long. On draft, it's draft day every single day. Do drafts whenever you want. People have been challenging me. Big Kane too. I will tell you I was, yeah, I know. Uh, I was on vacation over the weekend and I've been pretty busy uh, as I'm home with my family. So I'm um, heading back to New York soon. So I'll be able to have a little bit more time to to uh, challenge you guys and beat you in drafts. But look, draft is great because your chances of winning money on draft are almost three times better than your chances of winning on FanDuel or DraftKings. You can do a... Two-person draft, a ten-person draft. They're snake drafts. Uh, they're so fun. They take really no time at all, just a few minutes to complete. You're only, for the most part, you're starting two starting pitchers and three hitters. I recommend uh, prioritizing hit, uh, pitchers. They seem to make the biggest impact, and hitters are a little unpredictable. So download draft now, and this offer we have for you is great. The promo code is FB today. FB today. When you download, you will get a 100% bonus on up to 600 bucks when you deposit. So. Download Draft in the App Store. It's going to be the first one that comes up if you type in Draft. And use our promo code FBTODAY for that 100% bonus on up to 600 bucks. Back to baseball. Legitometer on Cody Bellinger, who uh, went 0 for 6 with four strikeouts yesterday. And in the eight games prior, he batted 179 with three walks and 14 strikeouts. Only two extra base hits. They were both homers. Those two home runs kind of saved Bellinger a little bit. So let me frame it as like Bellinger has been a serious impact player since being called up. How legit is that? Zero to ten. Strikeout rates up to thirty two percent. Give me a number. Hit me with a number. Uh I'll say he as a as an impact player. Like big time. Has been or is going, is going to be. Four. That's low on Bellinger. I I tried to sell high on him before this. Uptick in strikeouts happened in the podcast league and didn't get anywhere. I wish I had. Because I agree. I, I'll give it a five. I, I still think he's probably a starting caliber player. Um, but not as a first baseman. Mm-hmm. You know, more, more as, as like, like a, a utility player. Utility, low end outfielder. Is it? Yeah, he's, he's maybe 40th in my outfield rankings. So we're talking mm. kind of a fringe starter in three outfield. Yeah, like leagues. in the league where I have Mike Trout in. I feel okay about my outfield regardless because I picked up Conforto, because I picked Bellinger, because I picked up Eric Thames. There's been so many strikeouts lately, man. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It's been bad. It's, that's why and, I, I don't, I, I don't dock guys the way I used to. Like, look, I feel like Bellinger, look, pitchers are adjusting to him right now. 
Let's see if he mm-hmm. can make the adjustment back. And there's but at no least guarantee. Those two home runs. There's no guarantee yeah. he can. And I only own Bellinger in a roto league, which makes it easier. I don't lose yeah. points for strikeouts. He will continue to hit home runs. I, like I don't want to bury him either. Like he's probably going to be the NL Rookie of the Year, right? Am I forgetting somebody obvious? Like I, I feel pretty confident Cody saying Glover. that already. But at the same time, you probably at the height of Bellinger hysteria, it would have been a good time to trade him. Alrighty. But it's probably a good time to trade anyone at the height of hysteria. Right now is probably still a good time to trade Aaron Judge. Like, there's uh, still sliding scales with these things. Like, I, I legitimately think Aaron Judge is a top 10 outfielder, and I understand Ooh. he's probably not going to sustain this batting average, probably not going to sustain this OPS, but when the dust settles, I still right, think, but you're still, like, what kind of upgrade are you going to get from that? But his perceived value is probably still higher than his current value. Not if he's a top 10 outfielder. I mean, would you trade him for Ryan Braun? No. No, but Ryan Braun's hurt. Would you trade him for Stanton? Yes. Even I have Stan one spot ahead of Judge. History? So yes. Okay. Uh, but I think, I think he's basically Stanton 2.0. Would you trade him for Price? Would you trade Aaron Judge for David Price? No. Um, depends on need. I, I Pitching's might have a lot risky. of outfield depth. And David Price is too risky. Alright, legitometer on Robbie Ray, who just threw a complete game shutout with 10 strikeouts at Pittsburgh. In his last three starts, no runs in 23 and two thirds, only three walks, but they've all been on the road. At San Diego, at Milwaukee, at Pittsburgh, at home, Robbie Ray is a 6.75 ERA. So, like, first legitometer that he—he's the number 12 starting pitcher right now. So, what do you think on Robbie Ray? Forget the legitimeter. Let's do buy low, sell high. <laughs> this is just so interesting. Do you with keep Robbie him, Ray or do you do you try to sell him because the last three starts have been oh, on I the need, road? I need pitching so bad, like, unless I can trade him for a better pitcher, which we always say are the kind like of deals that don't actually happen. Uh, I'm, yeah, not gonna, I'm not going to trade. You'd him. have to trade him for Price. I don't yeah. care about the like. You you'd have to, right? But the the interesting thing about Robbie Ray and the way he's pitching this year is he's introduced this curveball that I think Zach Greinke he's talked. Uh, Robbie Ray's talked about how Zach Greinke's helped him develop this curveball. And curveball is usually not a great swing and miss pitch. What you're looking for with the curveball is a lot of ground balls. You're hoping guys will get on top of it with that downward movement. His ground ball rate has gone down. So it's like, it's kind of hard to, it's just, he's such a difficult pitcher to figure out. It's so hard to figure out. Well, but I think my, my main point here with Ray is that .64 ERA on the road, 675 at home. Last three starts, 23 and two-thirds scoreless innings. All on the road against two bad lineups and Milwaukee. It was obviously a big start for him. Um, San Diego, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh. So do you look at that and say, when he pitches at home, he's going to stink again? Or are we waiting for the humidor? <laughs> like, I've never, and I own Ray in a couple leagues. I've never sat him. You know, like, home or away. Would you trade him for Jose Quintana? Not right now, no. Yeah, I don't think I would either. They're, they're kind of parallel each other in, in my rankings. They're, they're right next to would each other. Would you like to know a reason to be really skeptical of Robbie Ray? Mm-hmm. He has a 42.9% hard hit rate, which is the highest in baseball. Now, I'm skeptical of how much pitchers have control over hard hit rates, although he's always been a very high hard hit rate guy. He's just, he's an impossible, like, before the season when I wrote, you know, my, my series on guys who could be aces, he was one of the ones I wrote about, and I tried to find, like, what could this guy do to get there? And with Robbie Ray, it's just like, I don't know, pitch better? <laughs> like, that's just, he, like, kind of. I mean, he has pitched better. Like, yeah. you you look at his numbers, I, I think at least Heath and I had him as a breakout pitcher this year, and you look at his numbers, and it seems like, okay, this is exactly who we hoped Robbie Ray would be. A lot be. of his peripherals are identical. Like, his his fly ball, like, if, if I told you that someone's strikeout rate went up a little bit, but his walk rate and his ground ball rate moved in the wrong direction, that's not, it's, he's just a weird pitcher. Well, I think what's encouraging is It's hard is to draw three one walks, conclusion. Three walks in his last three starts. Yeah, I don't, and and zero in his last two. That's going to take a while for me to buy into that he's like stopped walking people, right? But that I mean that he's pitching he's pitching better right now. Uh, you can starts. live with the home runs. You can live with the bad home park if if he's not walking guys. Yeah, if that strikeouts changes, are so elite. Yeah, I, it's a game changer. But that's Robbie Ray. Who's more Redundant. legit, Robbie Ray or Luis Severino? Um, Severino. I would say Severino. 
Okay, another really good start for Severino yesterday yep. with eight strikeouts in Baltimore. And he gave up one run on three hits in an inning and a walk. All three of them were infield hits. In, <laughs> the pathetic infield singles to shortstop. So frustrating. So, like, in theory, this could have been, this could have been four hits and no runs instead of seven what hits. What about Robbie Ray or Michael Pineda? I'd take Ray. Me too. Would you? I, he's, he's been the Pineda downer all, doubter they all are, year. They are mirror images of one another. <laughs> they, yeah, they're pretty similar, except Pineda doesn't walk anybody. Yeah. And he gets more ground balls, but he also tends to get hit even harder. All right, is this the start of something big? Alex Bregman with a home run in two straight games. And actually, look at May now. The numbers look a lot better uh, after the two games. 272, 306 on base. Ugh. That's weird. 511 slugging. I, I didn't – like, he never walks, huh? 15 walks and 201 at-bats last year for Bregman. I feel like he walked a decent amount in the minors. His plate discipline, and, and it may have been mostly strikeouts, but he was a guy who walked more than he struck out in the minors. It was no, wow. really, really good plate discipline, uh, which was part of the reason I've been so enthusiastic about him from the beginning. Is this the start of something, or is this too, not enough yet? Yeah, I, I, I still think it's just a couple of good games. <laughs> okay. How about 28 days of Chase Utley hitting 349? <laughs> With a 432 on base and 635 slugging percentage, seven walks, ten strikeouts, two steals for a 3% owned second baseman, Chase Utley, killing it over the last month. Is this the start of something or is this just a good month? Uh, well. He probably should be owned more than 3%. Like yeah, that, that probably. probably means there are like a decent number of NL only leagues where he's not owned, which seems silly. I mean, at the same time, he's only playing because both yeah. Turner and Peterson are on the DL. So it, he's not a long-term solution. Okay. And is this the start of something for Albert Pujols, a six-game hitting streak with three home runs, a home run in two straight games? He's at 599 for his career. And this is really encouraging because you look at the peripherals. Albert Pujols has the worst strikeout-to-walk ratio of his career, but it's really turned around. Six walks, 22 strikeouts in April. Eight walks, 11 strikeouts, and an 838 OPS in May for Pujols. So the plate discipline's back. So is this is, he's been a little streaky the last we didn't few years. T- we didn't talk Joey about Bats. it much, but he was also coming off that plantar fascia surgery. Uh, that mm-hmm. could explain the the slow start in April. I I still view him as a very low end starting first baseman. I'm I think I have Bohr and Alonzo ahead of him. But at not this smoke. Point. Not I'm the only one no. with smoke ahead. Yeah, I don't have smoke ahead. <laughs> um, All right, so Pujols is smoke just has the longer track record of not being as good. All right, so he's in that in that mix. And is this the start of something for Jackie Bradley? Two home runs in his last four games. He only had three hits in his previous six games. Um, so he had, but he homered yesterday. Everybody homered yesterday for the Red Sox. Even even Bogarts. <laughs> um, Bradley's eighty-two percent owned. I, I wouldn't mind way too low. picking him up if he's he obviously shallow leagues. But. He should be universally owned. I, I, I started Bradley. He was just like, come on. I think there might be something here. Yeah. So far, so good. He's going to get hot at some point, but this you know, his it. 82 versus Bregman's 86% ownership. I would rather own Bregman if I was given that choice. Oh, I'd definitely rather own Bradley. I need more outfield spots too. You, okay. you need more outfielders? I need more outfield spots to fill. And I think he's a better hitter. You need, what does that mean? You need, like, you have five outfield more. spots plus an you infield. Hit, so you have too many outfielders. No, no, no. I'm saying you just have more outfield spots to fill, so oh. I'm more likely to draft a guy or add yeah, a guy. Yeah, but if you've been playing the waiver wire, like I, there are some five outfielder leagues where I can honestly say I need outfield help at the three outfielder leagues, where I, which I imagine are the only leagues at Yeah, I feel the same way about corner infield, available. though. Okay. All right, um, just real quick on this, more streaking outfielders. Uh, Melky Cabrera had three more hits. Jorge Bonifacio went two for three with a double and a strikeout. Steven Souza, ride it while it's hot. Uh, he homered yesterday. Last six games before that, he batted 478 with three home runs. So that's now four home runs in his last seven games. And Hunter Renfro doubled against the Cubs. These are all players we talked about yesterday. Matt Holiday went double-dong. Devin Marrero, Red Sox third baseman, who's going to platoon with Sandoval. He went uh, double-dong. And uh, rotation stuff here. Sonny Gray. Ew. <laughs> Nine hits and seven runs, and all fell apart for him in the fifth. He only uh, had five swinging strikes. Such a letdown. Him and Tyler Anderson, man. Yeah, it's bad. Bummer, dudes. The, you, the you know Indian, the thing. The Indians are good, so let's not let's not bury him too much. It's a tough matchup. I feel like I feel like 
last week was a was the prime time to sell on Sunny Gray. I we did it, boy. We you, did. We did for another dud. I forgot we had done it. Jeff and I thought, Man, we our ERA and whips already messed up again. We did it before that. Starts. But here's the thing about Gray: his previous two starts, each of them had a higher swinging strike total than any start he had last year. So I still yeah. think he is trending the right direction, like Chris was saying. Yeah, I don't know that he's – I'm not saying he's bad. He's 93% owned. I'm not dropping Sonny Gray. Yeah, he should be universally owned still. Uh, Jay Happ came back through four innings. So let's wait a little while. Velocity was a lot better for Happ. Oh, it was? Okay, yeah. that's good. He was on the DL with an elbow injury. Justin Verlander, I wish I had seen more. I watched him throw three or four innings. It's just like – I don't know. I guess he got a little bit better. As the game went on, but Verlander got hit kind of hard. He had a couple of really loud outs. Mm. He only struck out five Royals, so that's now 14 strikeouts in his last 19 and two thirds over three starts. 13 swinging strikes last night, though, and 116 pitches. So the the rate's not quite as good as it looks. But his velocity really is up this year. It's weird. I mean, I was he was throwing about 95 in the first two innings. Averaged, he usually gets faster. The, yeah, yeah. He averaged 95.7 last night. All right, so Verlander's still like we're cool with him. Top ten starting pitcher. Samarja struggled against the <laughs> Nationals. Did he struggle with singles? Because that's kind of what the line makes it look like. Nine hits, one home run, maybe. Uh, I I don't think he allowed no home a home runs? run. Let me let me pull it up. The the game log wasn't hadn't updated yet. I think you're right. I think he gave up three home runs in his most in tough his last start. Yeah, but I, I mean, a lot of the fact he had more than a strikeout per inning again and zero walks again, like I still, I love really this podcast. Like a guy only can six, give up only six swinging strikes. Though. A, a guy can give up three runs and nine hits and four innings, but no walks. Well, also, five strikes. Yeah. he allowed one one of those. Uh, oh no, sorry. More than it's, still well, not it's just more than a sorry. strikeout per inning doesn't really apply when you give up. Nine I hits know and four you say innings. that, but I well, still it's, like it's it. True. I still like He's to facing see it. twice as many batters as you would normally expect or something. But like he that. could have had two strikeouts and then sure, five right. is better than All two. All right, let's do rankings. Samarja, Gonzalez, uh, Samarja, Sonny Gray, Gio Gonzalez. Rank them. Samarja, Gray, Gonzalez. Yes. Gio Gonzalez to me is He's fine. If you can't, if you haven't already, like, please sell Gio Gonzalez. Oh, it might be too late to sell. He's him, got honestly. a 303 ERA and he's 4 and 1. His whip like, is horrendous. I don't even know if people look at whip. They look at ERA. They should look at whip. They should. Especially when it's walk inspired like his is. He's got 35 walks and 68 and a 30. He oh. walks three batters every start now. Gio Gonzalez. Uh, other rotation members. Michael Waka, Kenta Maeda, Jose Barrios. They all struggled yesterday. Although I think Maeda really was just the first inning, and then he looked pretty good after that, from what I saw. Um, Barrio struggled against Houston, and Ivan Nova had a very Ivan Nova start. It's it, honestly like the thing with Nova in the points leagues is does he get a win or a loss? It's like because you know you're getting innings, no strikeouts. The only way he's going to give you a ton of points is if he gets a win. He's not going to do it through strikeouts, but he, he doesn't. Not, he doesn't get blown up either. So. Right, he's not giving you those Tyler Anderson starts. He got 292 um, and, and, and by the way, Jose Barrios, it was encouraging that in a game where he didn't have the command, in a game where his command was much like it was last year, he didn't get blown out either. Right. Uh, Paul Molitor actually said he was proud of him because of that. What do you think about Waka, guys? He So, look, he had gotten worse every season as a starting pitcher, but still was pretty good for three years, and then was terrible last year. And now all of a sudden, Waka's got a 399 ERA, but it's... All because of the last two starts, which are both against the Dodgers, who are one of the hottest teams in baseball. So what do you think about Michael Walker right now? I think he's a mid-three ZRA guy. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, I think he's definitely worth owning. In this pitching landscape especially. All right, news and notes. Pablo Sandoval off the DL. Matt Andrees left with a groin injury, I believe. Uh, Miguel Sano had an illness. Joe Musgrove's on the DL. He might miss only one start. David Paulino will start today. Anyone care? David Paulino? He's a prospect who was great last year in the minors, but I don't think he was so good, has has been so good this year. And so, I'm just, like, I'd rather... I'm waiting for... Francis Martis has to turn it around in the minors, but he feels like the the guy I'm waiting for in Houston still. Not rushing to pick up Polina, but keeping an eye on him. Uh, Francisco Liriano should be back Friday against the Yankees. Any interest? Uh, not in starting him, but I'll I'll definitely... Yeah, I've got him stashed in a couple places. I presented you with the shields and worth because I didn't want to drop Liriano. Yeah. I want to see how that Friday start goes now that we have him in that 16-team league. 
Didi Gregorius was hit by a pitch on the hand. X-rays were negative. Jacoby Ellsbury making progress from his concussion and his neck injury. I'm not sure if I mentioned the Adam Jones thing, but he has a sore hip and has missed four straight games. Taiwan Walker should start on Sunday. Whit Merrifield has a 15-game hitting streak. Does anybody care? I care because he's less than 10% owned, or at least he was yesterday, and that should probably be more... I mean, on the one hand, I'd rather own Jed Lowry, and I know he's less than 50% owned, but uh, Whit Merrifield needs to be more owned than he is just to ride the hot hand. Mike Napoli sat for the second straight game with back stiffness. Uh, ben Zobris is having trouble hitting from the right side because of a wrist injury, but it's improving. So you might want to sit Zobrist in daily leagues if he's facing a lefty. And Adam Frazier has sat two straight games, and he's in a slump right now. I'd rather be starting Merrifield than Frazier right now. Because <laughs> wow. I don't I don't think Frazier's upside is like he's hollow batting average guy. All right, let's grade some trades from Paul. Give up Michael Waka, get Steven Matz. Um, I think that's a B minus. Like I just said I like Waka, but ultimately he's probably somewhat replaceable. Uh but Matz, if he hits his upside, could be very good. He could be a top twenty pitcher. Yeah, I can go with that. This is from Matthew, 10-team points league. Give up McCullers and Manaya. McCullers and Manaya get Kluber and Nova. McCullers and Manaya for Kluber and Nova. I, I know league. Kluber's the one coming off the DL stint, but I, I think just for I, – I still think he's significantly safer than McCullers over the course of a full season. So a good chance to make this swap. I'll give it a B. I was thinking B plus, and actually we were talking about McCullers in the office yesterday and whether we think there's the chance for an innings limit. We haven't really discussed it, but there's probably a chance. I don't. He only threw like 89 last season. His career high is 157. I, He's I, never thrown more than 104 before that. I, I could see it being a situation where in the second half, they like bring they in, skip a, they bring in a six starter yeah. to skip starts here and there, but I mean the Astros are going to the playoffs. Right? But if you're They're talking about shut yeah. down McCullers, no. But I'm saying if you're talking about a, a head-to-head points league, Kluber should have a yeah pretty big advantage rest of season. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, Steve in Long Island. I was offered Jose Quintana and Odubel Herrera in a 14-team head-to-head points league. Get Quintana and Odubel. Give up Kenta Maeda and Peraza. Give up Ma- Maeda and Peraza, get Quintana and Odubel Herrera. We don't get to look at these. You don't have them in the notes anymore, right? So I just gotta go off. Get, give, this, what the listeners are doing, give up Maeda <laughs> and Peraza, get Quintana and Odubel Herrera. They can zone out though. Yeah, um, I think that's a C. I, I, uh, I feel like the best player is on the second side of that deal, right? The pitcher, who is it, Maeda? Uh, Quintana. Quintana. Yes, yes. Quintana is clearly the best player in that deal, so I give it a B plus. And finally, this is from Isaac, twelve team uh, head to head league. Give up David Price, get Matt Carpenter. He currently has Starlin Castro and Devin Travis playing second base. Carpenter would be an upgrade. So David Price for Carpenter. And Carpenter would be a very, very big upgrade. I well, not think, so far. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, so far. I Castro's been oh better Castro's than probably been better, but we know that's yeah. not real. No, yeah, no. I mean, it's definitely an upgrade. I think Price is too much to give up. I waited all season for a, a pitcher who would be something in the neighborhood of reliable, or at least have a chance of that. Um, I, I think with the way Price's velocity was spiking first start back, I feel pretty confident in him right now, and I wouldn't want to sell him. Ryan, uh, I think it's a good trade. Ryan traded Corey Dickerson for Tanaka. Ryan Blicker. Do you think that's a good trade? Give up Dickerson for Tanaka? Yes. This is C to C plus. James wants to know if we should all pick up new Tigers pitching prospect Donald Covfefe. <laughs> I don't know. C O V F E F E. Did you miss this? Is this a joke? Yes. You what should... is it? <laughs> y- you'll hear about it. What is it? No comment. <laughs> Did I just say something that I have to bleep? Uh, not bleep, no. <laughs> just usually not territory we, uh, we tread on. Hmm. <laughs> what is this? You don't know, Scott, do you? I, I don't. I'm not as plugged into the, the internet memes as Chris is. Oh! <laughs> oh, come on! No, I got, ah. Oh. 
You got to cut it out. I might have to cut that <laughs> out. Cut it out. No, I'm not going to cut it out. I'm just going to say that I truly <laughs> had no idea what I it's, was quoting. Look, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's really nothing. Was it worse than what I said? It's Whatever just I a said? Ti- Everyone makes typos. It was a typo. It was a typo. Uh, so thank you for that question. <laughs> I didn't screen the email before I read it. And uh, have a great day, everybody. Go watch the Long Came Polly. Yeah. <laughs>